All right, welcome to Canal and Bell. Danny Canal, Rajah Bell, hanging on a Friday. Could be a little loopy today. Been a long week. You're headed out of town. Oh, I'm gone. I'm already gone. I'm already we got phone. an awesome show lined up for you. Really busy show. We got Will Middlebrooks, our brand new uh, Major League Baseball analyst here at CBS Sports HQ, former Major Leaguer. Uh, we're going to have some fun with him. Tony Finau, yep. your guy. My he's going to join us uh, as well later in the show. Help us a little Great dude uh, who we met at the BGA Championship. And uh, some NBA teams are clearing up cap space. So what does it all mean? I just want to get a little uh, behind-the-scenes information here to the viewers. Yeah. So I just did our little uh, at-the-sour thing. See it. Yeah. What does it say right at the top there? Time for but, your news in 90. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and he was giving me crap for saying that. Dude, I'm it's, telling it's you. It's on the script. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to keep everybody happy right. and try to You're do You're doing your job. job. You're yeah. doing your job. Exactly. Right, so don't, don't, don't blame it on me. All right. The NBA Finals resume tonight. Uh... You know, the, the series has been okay on the court. You haven't had any buzzer-beater late-game situations. You've had a couple um, 10, 12-point victories for the Raptors. Yeah. The middle game, the second game, the Raptors were up 10 before half, blew that one. If you think about it, there's the Raptors aren't that far off from being up 3-0 in the series. Correct. Um. So, But the games, just they have, they've been okay. They, like, I would say they've been okay. They haven't been the story of the right. finals. Right. The story has been everything that's happening off the court, whether it's injuries to Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, when are they returning? Kevon Looney, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard's been hampered, uh, DeMarcus Cousins returning. That's been a big storyline. And then even more so, you've had other storylines develop, uh, and they're a little bit more controversial. You had Kyle Lowry going to the stands. We talked about it yesterday. Right. It was like, man, this fan shoved him. What are you going to do? Then we find out that it wasn't just any fan. It was actually a minority owner of the Warriors, which made it worse. Um, and you also had – so the, the fan, let's start with the fan thing because I do think the off-the-court off the stuff is more intriguing and fun, more fun to talk about. Right. So yesterday I said, eh, maybe it wasn't that bad. Just ban him the rest of the year, and that's it. Be done with it. Then you find out it's a minority owner, and I completely changed my stance. Really? This dude has got to know better. Like, you've got to know your position. And for him to lay hands on another player and to say, go bleep yourself, which reportedly he said that. Right. He's got to – I agree with every NBA player who's like, you got to come down hard on him and take a stance. So he gets a $500,000 only line. because he was an owner? I do think that – I think that you should get treated more harshly than if you were just a fan. Okay. but There but, should be penalty regardless. Right. But I am okay with coming down harder on somebody who is supposed to know better. That's my thing. I got you. Yeah, you're, he's a representation of, of Golden State, uh, or he's Those a shoes you know and socks. Yeah, you know, like but but you you have to be held to a higher standard if if you are uh, an employee or an owner, um, and 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 you know you're involved in a situation like that. I do think if it was a regular fan. Um, you still needed to set a really, really strong example if you were the NBA um, in terms of what you're going to allow that fan interaction with players to be. It is, again, it's a workplace. It should be a safe environment for the athletes to go into um, and perform. And, you know, you're, you, you are to some degree lucky that it was Kyle Lowry and he had a clear head at the time and he didn't just react to someone shoving him. Once that happens... That's a whole nother like a uh, can of worms that's opened up and 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 it gets very very ugly. So uh, you had to set an example either way, but I do tend to agree with you because he was a representative of of uh, of Golden State and he's a part owner that that he's held to a higher standard. Absolutely. Uh, so I was totally fine with that. Quick 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 uh, aside uh, here on this conversation, there has been a movement to rename what we call the people that run and own NBA franchises. Have you not heard about no. this? No. 
So apparently players, some players, and some in the media don't like the connotation that comes with owner, Owner, the term owner. So there has been a movement. Because the first article I saw that talked about this Mark Stevens said investor. I'm like, what is an investor? Like, what does that even mean? Right. Uh, and, And then I'm like, oh, he's a minority owner. Like, he owns a portion of the team, a small sliver. But, you know, he did that. And I don't know. Does it bother you, the term owner, at all? Um, when you boil it down, yeah. I mean, you know, there were times when when your ownership groups aren't aren't great people mm-hmm. um, that you can feel like just a plaything for them sometimes, you know. Uh, it doesn't probably happen to the highest level of NBA player or NFL player. Like, that's not going to really happen to Steve Nash or – or Kobe or Tom Brady, um, but to all the little ancillary pieces around the edges, all the moving parts, all of the role players, the journeymen, there are times where some ownership groups can make you feel like you're just like a commodity, like you know you're. Yeah. you're but that's not going to change no matter. But what it's you it's call not. It. But the point is, um, like at the time, I didn't really think about him being called an owner. You know, it wasn't like that for me. But when you say um, there's a movement to get rid of the owner term, I'm okay with that because. You know, like, it, it, it's just, we err on the side of being politically correct everywhere in society now, mm-hmm. right? So why should you be calling one man an owner of a bunch of other men? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. let's get rid of it. Uh, I do, um, it totally makes sense. I just think it's a little overly PC. Like, and I'm more, but I mean, hey, if it bothers I, people, then you can change I, I mean, it. Like, easy. It's I'm not, idle. I'm not championing for it. Right. It wasn't something that when I played, I was like, man, I, I feel some kind of way about this guy being called my owner. I wasn't really this. tripping out I, about it. But if we're going to, if everything we do as a society now is to make everyone, you know, feel okay in their space and not, then I think like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's, it's probably not the most PC thing in the world when you think about it. Right. Right. Like. The, the term owner, right. you know, of, of, of people and now the owner of the, yeah, I don't know. But you'll always feel like a piece of, you know. Meat. What, yeah, exactly. You do. You that's feel like business. It's, that's, that's okay. That's what you sign up to do. Right. right. And you make a lot of money it's doing correct. that even if you are a uh, role player, whatever right. it is. The other uh, drama that took place that was courtside was Beyonce and Jay-Z. Can we go back to dude for one second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I heard a lot of... Oh, go, go. Go ahead. Talk about Jay-Z. All right, well, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep Keep it moving. moving. Uh, Because we have the great video here. So Beyonce and Jay-Z sitting next to each other, and there's this lovely lady who's sitting there next to her. She leans over and says, would you like lime in your vodka tonic? That's Joe LaCobe, Joe LaCobe's wife, right? Exactly. That's the co-owner. So Beyonce, there looks like everything's good now, and then the lady moves over one more time. She's asking for his order. What would you like in your drink? Beyonce's like, "Mm." Yeah, she's not having it. Not looking happy. Uh, Even gives her a little just a little bit of nudge so that moment of course went viral right. everybody thought it was kind of funny or having fun with it uh man beyonce looks like that wife who doesn't try like and everybody's been there right yeah, we've yeah, all yeah. been there right especially right. if you're married or if you just had a girlfriend you could be on both sides you right. might not like your girl talking to some right. dude so we've all been there but this is what is one of the things that happens in our society which is so over the top and it's just ridiculous so nicole curran is the lady's name she apparently was receiving death threats on Instagram and other insults and people coming after her so much so that she was in tears and uh, shut down her Instagram account. This is one of those situations. I find myself asking this all the time in our society lately. Is like, what are we doing? Like, are we really stooped to this level where you don't even know these people? You have yeah. no idea and it's because of your fandom for Beyonce or whatever star it is. They're going to go after this lady and just people have this keyboard courage and they do these things and say these things that yeah. i don't think they would do in real life but it still hurts just as bad sure like for you if you if you threaten that woman uh, you're a moron um o- over that interaction right there like shame on you right so let me start by saying that but i, I do want to say like 
if you're like our need for other people to see us and hear us now, like as a society opens us up to hear things we don't want to hear. Do you know what I mean? Or so, you know, this isn't throwing any shade at, was it Nicole Curran? Or, yeah. But, you know, I don't know if you're in, is it public, you have public Instagram probably, I'm assuming, right? You yep. probably have hundreds of thousands of followers and you're throwing up what you do all the time. And, and you know, like, world, look at me. Not just her. There are like a lot of people. But if something happens and you wind up getting a flooded inbox with people who are angry for some reason at you or whatever, that's what you've opened yourself up for. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think it's bigger than just that situation with Beyonce. This is like a universal thing now. There's so much need for attention by society, by people. Um, it's not always going to be good attention. And you yep. got to take the bad with the good. I'm not saying anyone was right for that. That was r- ridiculous. Like if you one of the people that threatened the Bay Legion or whatever they are. Right. Clearly, Beyonce wasn't happy for one reason or another. You don't know that it had anything to do with that woman. Right. You don't. Right. It was a a, a, a video, no sound. You don't know what happened before that between her and, and Jay-Z. <laughs> we have no idea. So you're, you're ridiculous for doing that. But I think the bigger thing is like... I, we just want too much acceptance. There's too much. Like You should be happy enough with what you're doing, where you're doing it, to not have to tell everybody all the time what you're doing and where you're doing it. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Right. Sound like my wife telling me on Instagram. Like, oh, look at this story. She's like, put your phone away. Yeah. You know, we can all learn a lesson from that one. <laughs> all right, let's move it back on the court because we did have, speaking of injury news, yeah. we have confirmed a couple things. One, Clay Thompson will be back. And two, probably, I don't know if it's more importantly because I think we both assumed that Clay Thompson was going to be back. There was some question mark of Kevin Durant. When would he return? He is now out officially for game four. But I've been I see those you. eyes. But are I've been telling you, bro. playing is what I've you're been, telling me. I've he is told not you. playing the rest of this series. Um, you've been on the Raptors. This would probably affirm your belief that the Raptors are going to win this series, correct? Yes, correct. How do you think it impacts tonight's game? I think the Raptors win tonight. You do? I do. I, and, and I don't. You're going Raptors in five then? Brother, listen, I don't know why because I picked Golden State to win in six. Something in my gut as I'm watching these games is just a feeling that I have. It's like a creepy crawly in my skin. I don't feel good for, for Golden State. I, I feel like the Raptors, you made the point a minute ago about this. It could be 3 0. Yeah. I feel like they've controlled this. They look like the better team. Even when Clay was in the game, they looked like the better team in game one. They won that. They look like the better team for a lot of game two. They were clearly the better team in game three. I just feel like this is Toronto series. Which is unbelievable when you think about it, what they would have accomplished. And the team, you know, unexpectedly, something LeBron couldn't do for all his years in Cleveland. And Kawhi Leonard coming, you know, and, and bringing this team back to where it was. Nick Nurse, the coaching job that he's done. Right. It'd be an unbelievable story. Well, it would be. Ex- I mean, you know, but there'd always be an asterisk by it because, you, you know. You do think that. But there, that well, see, that's, I don't well, think there not, would not be. Not from Toronto fans. Like, who cares? I don't care right. that your team is injured. That, right. That's got nothing to do with me. I'm not. I, like, I'm celebrating regardless but I mean in terms of whether like when you're comparing Kawhi being able to do it in one year versus what LeBron did LeBron was on the injured teams right he was minus uh, Kevin Kevin Love Love and Kyrie and Kyrie like he was fighting the uphill battle Kawhi is 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 doing a phenomenal job and playing fantastic but make no mistake if you had a healthy Kevin Durant you have a healthy Clay Thompson they're steamrolling Toronto I believe that right um and if you if you told me that guaranteed Kevin Durant would be back in game five well I think there are a lot of challenges there and I'm not just going to pencil in a win I might not take Toronto to win the series you know what I mean but in his absence if he's going to be gone and you got a banged up Clay Thompson coming back how, how healthy do you believe Clay Thompson to be 85 percent think he's at 85 what do you think I don't know. I'm just asking. That's just a guess. Because I think I, I do think he wanted to play the other night. I think he, if that was game seven, he's playing the other night. 
I'm telling you, I I believe that they're going to look back on that decision. I agree, and they're going. I think they got cocky. Yeah, they got cocky. They got arrogant. Arrogant was a great word you used. Yep, absolutely. Um, there is some money being thrown around this offseason in the NFL. Mm -hmm. A lot of it. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. is the newest quarterback. We had Russell Wilson not that long ago. He got a new deal uh, extension locked up. Carson Wentz gets a four year extension from the Philadelphia Eagles. Four years, $128 million, and guarantees over $107 million, which is the largest guarantee um, to an, given to an NFL player. It eclipsed that uh, money that Russell Wilson got from the Seahawks this past offseason. Good gracious. Man, I'm good so jealous. Gracious. Like, I really am. Like, I'm jealous. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Like, I like yeah, him. But, man, am I jealous of this one? He could, uh, he could eventually, it could grow to a max of $170 million. Um, Sick money. My problem with this. I think Carson Wentz is a good player. Yeah. He had the one season a couple years ago when Nick Foles came in and won the Super Bowl that he was having an MVP-type season. Man, I hope he stays healthy because he has not been able to do that at any point of his career, whether it was at North Dakota State or with the Philadelphia Eagles. He is prone to injury, and that is it has to be part of the equation when you evaluate quarterbacks. Now, maybe they see him on a day-in-and-day basis, and they say – those were freak injuries. Those were things that happened. It's the game of football. We feel like he's going to be able to play 16 games moving forward. Think about the greats, though, how little time they miss. Sure. Brett Favre had the streak of you know incredible games. Peyton Manning sure. never missed a game. Eli Manning never missed a game. Tom Brady missed the one season doing an ACL, uh, four games to a suspension. Other than that, he's always on the field. Right. Russell Wilson, who just got that money, always on the field. I would just have a cautionary note of, Man, I hope I hope they have like injury insurance or something where they're protected right. on their side, the ownership, the the team. But that's my that's my biggest concern. I think he'll be fine, but the expectation changes, and he's got to stay healthy. Danny, I don't even look. I understand that timing is everything, and as the guy before you gets the bigger deal, you know it only helps your case when it's when it's time to negotiate. I've got you know a great for Carson Wentz i i, I in terms of a skill set and you just touched on it and and possible ceiling as a player i think he warrants money like that right you know when you're talking about your boy Kirk Cousins and what those guys get <laughs> but i am with you in that you have to be available and before, Kirk Cousins hasn't missed a game in yeah, 4 years before i back the truck up uh and 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 dump it on you like here's they didn't have to extend him right now did they no right but for me that's like, what I'm. That's is, like. What's the rush? My, right. My thing with his team is, you guys know we're gonna do, like you. You're our quarterback going forward. Yep. Like, I got it. I got it. I got to know. We got. We let us evaluate. Let's see if you're healthy. You, there's got to be some sort. You got to work with us a little bit. You know what this means, though. Your no. boy Dak Prescott is about to get paid too. Good for him and too. Good for, absolutely, because this is a very similar situation contractually. He's got another year left, but they want to lock him up, make sure they don't reach free agency where they can really hold you over a barrel. Right. I just don't know what the difference would be in money and. To me, it would well, be worth the rest I'm of the Let me see one If more I'm year. Dak Prescott. Oh, you're taking this right to them and saying, let's go. Like, And I'm is, taking my numbers, too. Absolutely. Like, I'm, he's listen, been better. He's I'm, been more consistent. He's he's won just as many games. Don't tell me he's got a higher ceiling than me. I don't want to hear that. This right. is what he did. Yep. This is what I've done. I would go. Show me the money. I would go and show him Russell Wilson's first three years. Because right. we, we showed those uh, numbers on here one, uh, right, right, right. on the show and say, look, he was on. Nobody questioned them giving him a contract. Make me. And it is funny. It is about timing. It is about setting the market. Now that Carson Wentz, similar age group, is right there. Yep. Now you say, all right, then we'll take it. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. That'll be the next one we're talking about, and I'll be jealous of him, Great time to be an NFL quarterback. I'll be jealous of him, too. A great time to be an average NFL quarterback. It's not a good time to be a a, a has-been broadcaster, (laughs) that's for sure. 
Uh, we might have a new show to the podcast right now. It's Canel and Bell. We might have to name it like Three Dudes in a Closet. Right. In a small closet because we are feeling <laughs> all, a little bit tight right now. Yeah. We got our guy, Will Middlebrooks. He's going to join us here to talk a little baseball. Before we get to the serious stuff, Coke is going to be mad because he's like, oh, you got to ask a couple of questions. We got to find out about Kimbrough. Um, we joke and mess with you about hazing. Uh, rookies get hazed. You are a rookie. What should we do with them? Because we got to do something. Yeah, your like, what? I, I mean, I, right? Yeah, your you, you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Would the head shave? Is that? Do, I mean, would, I would you do it for the show? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been, I've been through this before. Yeah, this right. is amazing. Right. We all have. That's funny because it was uh, in NFL rookies had to get up and sing, mm-hmm. which was it was awkward. It was a little bit weird. Uh, in college, I had to shave the head, uh, bald, which was no fun. But then you kind of liked it because you walk around campus and it was like yeah, everybody oh, knows who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so you're kind of like, what? What was the worst thing you had? Like you had to buy dinners. Yeah, if, dinners on the vets. Dinners suck when you when you got no bread and you're right. going out with vets and they got to make you pay. Um, you do all they kick the balls in the stands, all the all the stuff. The, the best one I've ever seen was FIU baseball, where they would tape a kid to a chair like this in his draws, and they'd wear they take him to a party. And he'd get pushed around the party all night in his drawers, taped to the chair. It was fantastic. Worst thing you ever had. Oh, man. And did this happen oh. at every new team, like at every level of baseball? Is it, there it, to, to a certain extent, it, it kind of depends on the amount of veterans and how salty those guys are. Right. How long I, they've been around and how just unhappy they are that you're there. Right. But uh, my, I was the youngest guy by far when I came to the Red Sox. It was super veteran-oriented team. So I was the first guy. I was the only guy with under like two years of service time. So every bus trip after we landed in a new city, I was on the mic. Really? Singing, <laughs> dancing, telling <laughs> stories. Whatever they told me to do that kept me on the bus because they would threaten to pull over and just let me off. Right. But that's the right attitude, though. I've, I've got to. Oh, I've, if you deny it or if yeah. you hide it. Yeah. I tried to avoid mine. You're just adding for like I tried to avo- I tried to avoid the Clippers and in, in, uh, yeah. in college couldn't avoid it and then they pin you down like if you try to run away like they'll chase you those dudes were way faster than right. me. Um, in in the NFL when I was a rookie with the Giants I I was basically skipping meals and going to like Burger King because that was when you would do it at yeah. dinner and then they got wind of it and they like found they were like no 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 you're going to dinner tonight so they busted <laughs> me on that one so uh, we'll have to figure out you ever get a car filled here. with popcorn. No, that's that's the NBA specialty. Yeah, Gerald They're Henderson really that. was salty. I, I, I did I dress bet. up as uh, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's great. So that's, and they do that towards the end of the season. They do it like right? the last road trip. There Which, were several of us at that point, so it was fun. They dropped us off in Times Square. Oh, nice. Awesome. On like a, th- I don't know, Thursday or Friday night. But you know what? We had to walk to the hotel. was like two miles. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know what's ridiculous? Though? Uh, They're not allowed to do it anymore. Right, MLB That's cracked down on it. It's like really? the PC stuff. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. not allowed. Like to at any, at any level, no, like to know. I don't know if they pay attention to the like minors. In-house but. stuff. Yeah, like the whole dress up. They don't want you dressing up as a woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Whatever, but um, yeah. So they took a little bit of fun out of that. Mm-hmm. I, was, I know why, but it's, right, it's, it's tradition. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do a couple serious things because Coke is all in my ear. Like, oh, we got to do some baseball. <laughs> we need we need baseball. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, he gets a one year, thirteen million dollar deal. I didn't even, didn't even have this team that he's on here. Do you, do you, do you even have the team that he's on here? Where did Keiko yeah, go? He great. went to the Braves, right? Yeah. Uh, so how do you think he'll be able to fit in, and how will he help this team? I think he's going to be a really good fit, uh, regardless of where he goes. He's a good teammate. He's obviously a very good pitcher, has a good track record. So he's, he's going to fit in fine. They need help. Their, their starting pitchers have been hurt. Uh, they have a couple of young guys who are doing well, but they're young guys. You don't know how they're going to be when you get into September and a pennant race and all that. So – this guy knows how to pitch. I face him a lot. I mean, a lot of guys shredded me, but this guy shredded me bad. Like, <laughs> and if he has such, he pitches under the hitting speed too. Everybody throws ninety eight now. He he throws 
88 to 92, a good movement, a good changeup. And if the umpires are giving them that like two to three like gray area off the plate, good luck. Really? Gets it a lot too because he's at that late like run off the plate so the umpires don't see it. You were 0 for 7 lifetime against him. But that, that, that's Coco with the stat in yeah. my ear right there Thanks, as he's Coco. all over it. Uh, when do you think is a realistic expectation for him to be effective as he hasn't had spring training, he hasn't pitched? Like these, Him and Kimbrough both have both had this time off. Like How long will it take them to get up? The thing is, is these guys are professionals. They know when they're ready. If they say they're ready, I believe them. Especially guys with the pedigree of these guys. So, um, I don't. I don't think he necessarily needs the spring training at this point. He's been throwing, whether it was against a, a college team, a high school team. Like he's been getting his innings up, so he's not going to be have to like held back to throw three innings here, four innings there to build himself up. He should be good to go for seven innings, and he's a, he's a weak contact guy anyways. He gets a lot of swings early in the count because you don't want to get behind on him because he gets nasty. So you get a lot of swings early, ground out. So he won't have to throw as many pitches. I love the vernacular. Right? I love it. Yeah, I just, right? I, uh, but you talked about Kimbrell, right? And uh, signed with the Cubs, three years, $45 million. What does he do for the Cubs? Like, what is that a, a need? Is it fill a need? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. First things first, he's, he gives them a closer. They don't have one. They had a Pedro Strope, who is really good. He's nasty. He was uh, facing with, with the Orioles. Good stuff. But he's not a closer. He's more of a setup type guy. Uh, Steve Shishak, he's kind of a drop-down submarine guy who's been feeling it. I think he has, like, six, six saves for him. Mm-hmm. He's done well. Uh, but he's not a closer. He's not that... It, like energetic, like pump up the crowd, come in, you know, like he's got the big beard, he's got, he's throwing 100, he's throwing 98, um, and they just, pump, I've played with him in San Diego. If you can get the crowd into it, 2,500 screaming fans yeah, in San yeah. Diego on a random Tuesday night, you get in front of 50,000 in Chicago, they're going to lose their minds. Did they overpay for him? Three years, $43 million seems like a lot of money for a dude who was tailing off a little bit, injury concerns, kind of perform. Is that, it seems like an overreach, but I get, I get it because they're a team that needs it with their bullpen the way they've been struggling. Huge overpay. It's a bad deal. I, I hate to say it because I love to see players get this. Right. I love it. Get your money. But at the, at the same time, they knew they'd have to overpay if they wanted him for this year. Right. Because someone else is going to. Supposedly, the, the, the Twins offered him a two-year deal. Other teams offered him two-year deals as well, and he, he wanted a, originally a four-year deal. Right. Which he's a closer. He's showing decline as Velo. He needs Velo. He needs to throw hard for his stuff to play because he pitches at the top of the zone, and then he has a hard breaking ball. If he's pitching at 94, 95, he's not going to be as effective. Right. So, that's something to watch. I think he'll be good this year. He'll, the Cubs are going to get what they want out of that. Next year, you're going to see a little more decline. And then the third year, I think they're going to be eating that contract. Yeah. You That's know what, my opinion. You know what Velo is? Yeah, Velocity. Man. All right. Come on. Hey, I'm there it, with sir. you, man. It's, it's always fascinating to me, though. We've talked about it before, how, like, you're talking about two or three degrees of speed, right, or miles per hour. You're talking about, like, a real fractional difference and what that means to being able to hit somebody versus just being able you know not being able to hit him that's incredible to me um let me ask you about Kristen Yelich because when we had him with the Marlins good player by all accounts but not a power player and now he's you know Milwaukee and it's all bombs like where did it come from what is that yeah I, I got several factors I mean we're in the launch angle era now everyone's trying to lift the ball the pitchers are throwing harder so if you catch a ball up in the zone it's going to go further science right but we're not going to get into that. Right, right. I didn't go to college. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> look, this guy, he was always a good hitter. Like you said, he, I don't think he hit below 282 in his career. Uh, the power wasn't there. In five seasons in Miami, he had 59 homers. Yep. So he's like midway, not even midway through his second season in Milwaukee, and he hit his 59th homer last night. Right. That's in one and a half seasons almost. Right. So I, I think if you combine good contact hitter, with launch angle, changing your swing a little bit to be able to launch the ball higher. 
And then Miller Park in Milwaukee is a launching pad. I played there. This you hit the ball, you barrel the ball in the air, you got a chance for it to right. Land. So this is, I mean, he's a good hitter, so he knew how to adapt and change his swing to the needs of his of his career to pro- prolong it. And then this is what he's done. So let me ask you, they're teaching people because when I was taught to play baseball, right, and when my son started playing, it was flat swing, yeah, like, line drives, line, line drives, drives, flat swings, right. Now they're teaching people to uh, an upward elevate, wow. yeah. So, but like. The thing is, when people were taught a flat swing, really they were swinging down on the ball. Right. And so, like, you're, if not to get too technical, but if you want to have your bat give you the best chance to hit the ball, because your timing can't be perfect every time. That's the pitcher's job is to throw off your timing and throw different pitches. Right. But you want your bat in the hitting zone as long as you can. So that's more of a flat swing. If you're swinging down or off the plane of the baseball, which is coming in downward most of the time, yep. so you would need to swing up to match that plane. You, you, it gives you a better chance mm-hmm. to square the ball up. Right. All right. Most important question of the interview so far. Uh, Mikey, who works on our show with us, wants to know, will Yelich hit more than 49 and a half is the number, correct? 49 and a half. He, 48 and a half. 48 and a half is the number that he took. He said Yelich would go over that, his home run total. Took a bet at the beginning of the season. Do you think he goes over 48 and a half? he hits 52 homers. Well, he's got it. There you go. Mikey's got oh, some money in his back my, pocket. That's my, that's my number. If he's healthy, I mean, obviously. But if, right. if he's still playing every day, he right. He'll be on pace for there. Um, when you when I see these guys' numbers up, not so much Yelich, but when I see uh, Derek Dietrich and I see him all of a sudden, who was kind of a player, Ye- Yelich is a guy who's been pegged to be a star, right? He's been on this trajectory uh, to be an MVP. He's been on this path. So you're like, all right, he's kind of coming into his own. When I see a guy like Dietrich, who is kind of mired around, he's been an okay player, and then all of a sudden he starts hitting bombs out of nowhere, my <laughs> and, and whether it's right or wrong – is oh he's doing something and I feel like it's baseball's fault a lot of it because they were they did have the steroid era and it did you know it was something as a baseball player is that do baseball players think that about guys when they come out of nowhere or are they just hey he finally figured it out it depends I mean it's one of two things too he he's a professional so he made an adjustment in his career and he actually improved and there's also the aspect of he was playing in Miami where the ball goes nowhere. Right. You have to launch to hit something out of there. And now, do you know the name of the park in Cincinnati? Great American Ballpark. Right. The players call it the Great American Small Park. For really? It's great. The ball flies. Better than Miller Park in Milwaukee. But, yeah, it's like the ball flies. But the balls he's hitting out aren't wall scrapers. They're like almost going out of the stadium. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, I think he just made an adjustment and he just improved. Right. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's, to, to your point, Drug testing in baseball is very, like, they're on you all the time. Right. I got, if you have, it's it's random drug testing. <laughs> right. But anytime, like, there was a couple times with Toot My Own Horn, I was a player of the week a couple times. Anytime I had a good stretch, you're getting tested, like, and three pop. times right. in 10 days. Right. That's and crazy. So it's random. But, yeah, I, I, I think they're on top of that, unless they found some magic potion that can't be detected. All right, last quick debate here. Which sport, and the reason I'm going to tee this up on it, because hockey I think has the toughest players, the toughest dudes out there. The dude Churro breaks his jaw. Yeah, did he play? He still shut. plays in the game. Yeah, All right. Wired I, shut. Wired shut. Yesterday he took and he, give him a straw. He, on the stu- bench. Was- <laughs> he still went and met with the media, and he couldn't talk, so he wrote down his answers. That's fantastic. Oh. He, that guy's tough. That guy's tough. So, all right, if we can all agree that NHL players might be the toughest, 
we can all agree that NFL players are the next toughest. <laughs> I would say you're going to make that. I would say it goes NBA and then baseball players are the softest. And maybe it's because of the 162 games, but they so love long. getting on that 15 day DL. It's 10 days now, but right. uh, they they're <laughs> trying to, they're trying to hard up. But uh, yeah, no, I agree on the hockey. Oh no doubt, these these guys are. It's they're insane. They're different. They they're are. They're, they're like different. His, his, a baseball player probably missed half the season with a broken. Exactly. And a basketball dude would too. Basketball milked that forever. Yeah. He missed a lot of time. Yeah. Had to be a similar injury. Yeah. I mean, I would think so. Stan, Stan yeah. got hit in the face when he was in Miami. He yeah, collapsed his whole like cranium. Yeah. yeah. It was right in the face. I don't. I don't blame him. I'm not calling Stan soft. I'm not calling him soft. No, no, no doubt no. whatsoever. Uh, and he came back, and he's he's been all right. He's been doing okay. I, I played, yeah. well, I'll put it this way: I've played with a lot of really tough players. There's like the Dustin Pedroia's of the world. Who, yeah. Quick story on him: we we had. Our first series of the year, we're in New York. It's like 30 degrees. Second game of the year, he slides into first base head first because he's a psychopath. It wasn't even a close play. Tears his UCL in his thumb. That's 2013. Plays the whole year with it. This is something you get surgery for miss the whole year. We win the World Series. Day after the World Series, surgery to fix it. Really? Fantastic. That's, That's one awesome. player, though. Right, right. There's a lot yeah. of soft players. But right. I, I, in every sport. Exactly. In every sport, so there are, no doubt. All right, welcome back to Kennell and Bell, hanging out with Rajah Bell on a Friday, getting ready for a nice weekend. You're off to a basketball tournament. I, I liked, got a wedding. I liked Will. Yeah, he's a good dude. Until he told me he shot a 70. Right, yeah, he was what? even there. Yeah, he can golf a little bit. See, he's Man. in that stage, so he's more recently retired. Right, right, right. So he's getting in. He's getting yeah, in. Exactly. Man, I never shot a 70, even right, when right. I was doing that. Yeah, and hit that real world, smacked him in the yeah, face just yet when you got multiple kids right, right. running around everybody. Right, 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 right. I shot a 69 one time, too, back 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the other uh, correction, news and notes, like we have corrections on our show. Yeah. Uh, it is not churro. That is a great Mexican treat. Phenomenal. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. It is Zedeno. Right? Zedano? I have no idea. Chara? Chara. There we go. Zedano Chara. So, tough dude, though. Yeah, well, yeah. wired your jaw he, shut. And he can't eat milk churros right now. Because he can't chew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They liquefy the churros. For yeah, exactly. Season, so. Maybe he does. Um, moving on to some golf. So, we are a week away from the start of the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, another major coming around. I love this golf schedule, by Me the way. Me too. I'm kind of digging it. Uh, we were up at the PGA Championship, which used to be in August. I like how they're kind of spaced out. Get a couple tournaments in between, yep. and it's kind of bam, bam, bam. I love it. They're playing at Pebble Beach, one of the most iconic courses in the world. You've never played it. No. I played it once with my wife, uh, and it was like we were we were newlyweds, right. and we were like, hey, let's go somewhere for a weekend. And uh, went out there. We both played it. It's it's one of the most picturesque. Public? Can I get on it? Yeah, just show you up gotta, and on you it. You got to be a uh, five, you know, four fifty five five hundo. Oh, I mean, I expect a. Yeah, it's yeah, not but, cheap. It's right, not cheap. but you could. It's not yeah, like anybody where go. you got to know somebody to know somebody. No, to know no, somebody you can to get, get on. 20. You can get right. on. You can get on there. You just got to bring your uh, wallet and expect a longer round. Right. Uh, I think it's gonna be awesome. I think the field is setting up really great. Jordan Spieth has been playing better. Yeah. Tiger Woods coming off a solid Sunday at the Memorial. He's back in the mix after the Masters. Uh, you've got all these guys that are kind of coming into form. Justin Thomas is healthy again. Yeah, Brooks, Brooks is always going to be there. Kept, I mean, even again, I didn't do it like he, he just won. Yeah. He, he just, for whatever reason, he always But you haven't back. seen him since then. Right, exactly. Right? Like yep. he's just going to be there at the major, though. And he always shows up and gets ready. Uh, Patrick Antley, who was just coming off a win at the Memorial, uh, is out there. He's actually preparing for it. It's interesting how the all course right, is playing. We're at the ninth at Pebble Beach, we're getting a little practice in for the U.S. Open. We're practicing this right pin on the ninth. We take one, Duck is two. Brown. So he's walking just off the green. Wow. And we're in grass where you can't even find your golf ball. 
Wow. That's crazy. Also, oh, you better Down not be missing out there. Yeah, good luck. I'm not yeah, sure I want to play that. that. <laughs> <laughs> they would not have it like that on a daily basis. Yeah, look at that. Can't even see it. And he's going to try to hit it. He's going to whip. Oh, he got it out. Oh, yeah, but that's going to make it. And it's windy. Oh, yeah. It's always windy. It's right on the it's ocean, right? On the ocean. right? Yeah, it's fantastic. Here's the thing it's just going about Pebble. To the he's trying to hit another one. That one went about three yards. All right, here's the thing about the uh, Pebble Beach mm -hmm. specifically. I haven't played it. I can give you an expert opinion. I shot 78 on Pebble. Stop. The rough wasn't like that, and there wasn't any wind blowing. It's okay. not that hard. Excuse me. Excuse me, my voice. Yeah, yeah. It's not that hard if all those conditions aren't there. Correct. But they're usually there. It's usually built, and then they, it's the U.S. Open. They pride themselves on, hey, we're going to make it. We're going to make it tough. We're going to make it brutal. It's going to be playing tough, and especially the way Tiger dominated that course and yeah. the U.S. Open victory back then. Not stupid they're, long? Uh, no, it's not crazy long. It's just uh, going to, but it's gonna, they're going to have the rough up. It's going to be insane. They probably have added some, uh, some, some, some teeth into it by backing up some tees and trying to get it a little bit longer. It's about accuracy, huh? Yeah. It's going to be about missing in the right spots, not putting yourself in, in more so than other tournaments where you could just grip it and rip it all the time. Right. Do you know what is an absolute boss move? All right, first of all, you get a house that is on Pebble Beach, right? Like that's you, You're doing all right if you have a, a house on Pebble if Beach. If you're bu buying it, or are you talking about the players no, that I'm are going no, out no, there no, and renting one? I'm talking about in general. Oh, I'm yeah, talking about If you own a house of on Pebble Beach, yes. you know how you go a level up from being a boss? You install your own hole on your property. Do you know who has that? I don't. Jim Nance. Oh, really? Broadcaster, yeah. You know, Jim did like that? Jim Nance has got it like that. So earlier in the week, Jim Nance, and Jim Nance has this legendary little par three in his backyard at Pebble Beach. His right. home is on Pebble Beach. Phenomenal. Phil How Mickel big is your backyard? In California, Northern California, where the, you know, it's yeah. exactly the cheapest uh, real estate out there, too. So Jim Nance has I got to get better at this. <laughs> exactly. I got to work See? on my craft. I got to start getting it a little earlier. Exactly. So he has this par three in his backyard. Uh, he has this little uh, plaque of all the people that have made hole-in-one. Tony Romo's on there. Um, a bunch of other guys are playing it. What, dude, that video of Phil Mickelson was on Jim Nance's That's His Par 3? That's his house. That's ridiculous. So there was a video earlier in this week. Phil Mickelson was out there at his house. They were, you know, a couple That's guys absurd. were out there hanging I'm out. I'm angry now. Phil Mickelson hit a hole-in-one at his house. Oh, that was a regular golf course. No, that was in Jim, Jim Nance's backyard. I don't, I don't like Jim Nance anymore. No, for sure. All right, maybe the next guy we have on has played that hole. Yeah. Or he knows what we're talking about. Tony Finau, Rajah's biggest fan. I love it. We ran into him at the PGA Championship. <laughs> really good dude, one of our favorites. Tony, man, how you doing today? Hey, I appreciate that. I'm doing well, guys. Thanks. How you guys doing? Doing great, brother. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for hey, having I me on. I want to I want to ask you a quick question, brother, because uh, I, I read an article about how you got like your first set of clubs and stuff like that. But for me, like golf yeah. wasn't an, an an option when I when I was younger. Who who kind of got you into golf? Um, who was did was somebody a member of a country club? Did your older siblings play golf? How did you get uh, a golf club in your hand to start? Yeah, it's actually my younger my younger brother. He started playing golf before I did. About eighteen months before I did. He had this strange interest in playing in playing golf. He he would watch golf at a young age. It was the craziest thing. We would make fun of him as a kid, but um, he started he started taking an interest in golf. And, and so my dad um, cut down some of the clubs that he had for him, and and would just kind of one by one handpick some 
some clubs from, you know, kind of like a secondhand store here uh, in Utah. So that's, that's kind of how he got started. And then 18 months later, you know, I think in interest, we're, we're only about 11 months apart in age. So we were very close. And once I started to see him enjoy the game, I, I figured maybe I should try it. Um, kind of, you know, at the same time, Tiger won the Masters in 97. You know, I, I kind of started. So that's how, that's how I got started in the game. All right, so my man Raja here played in the NBA for 12 years. You it's you might have been a basketball player. You were pretty good in high school. You led the state of Utah in rebounding. How much did was it ever a tough decision for you? Did you ever consider playing basketball over golf or was it just something you did on the side? Yeah, no, basketball is just something I did on the side. I love I enjoyed basketball. You know, probably my first love when it comes to sports. I you know, I played basketball pretty much my whole my whole you know, life growing up as a junior and all the way through high school and played in high school. But, you know, at, at about 12 or 13 years old, I I started excelling golf a lot more and, and just enjoyed the game. I had a lot more passion for it to play. So, you know, I, I still enjoyed playing basketball, but I knew, you know, I, I wanted to play on the PGA Tour, and, and that was always, you know, my thought process. But, I, you know, I, I still enjoy playing basketball. I, I probably shouldn't play as much as I do, but um, I think basketball is a great sport and, and one that, you know, is is great for me, you know, in leisure time. Hey, so obviously, you know, I lived in Utah for a few years, and it, typically we don't talk about Utah as, as great sports in terms of uh, scholastically, like with the, the younger kids, but great football, great basketball, um, and a lot of really good athletes coming out of Utah. Yeah, no I, I tried... I try to describe the relationship between Utah uh, and and at Salt Lake and it, and it's uh, Utah Jazz. And can you explain that a little bit, like growing up there and 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 you know watching the Jazz play and what that relationship's like? Yeah, so I think mean, you know ninety five percent of Utah fans are probably Utah Jazz fans, and you know I grew up right in Salt Lake, so you know my high school shared parking lots. You know, with it was one of the my high school parking lot, one of the parking lots for. Uh, the Delta Center at the time, which is now the Energy Solutions Arena with Jazz Play. And, and so, you know, I had tickets to go to the game in high school and um, just really cool, really cool atmosphere. And I think there's a special uh, sports bond here in Utah. You know, I feel that way now, um, you know, as a, as a player. And, you know, there's just a lot of support. I think a lot of pride out of Utah. You know, we're, we're definitely a small market, as most people know and understand. But um, there's definitely a lot of pride there. And, and the Jazz being one of our, you know, few elite um, professional teams, you know, I, I think we really, you know, support our own and, 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 you know, have that small town feel. So it's really cool being from Utah, I think, and, um, you know, especially growing up right there in Salt Lake City, went to, you know, high school downtown where, again, the, the arena is. So just, uh, you know, a really cool place to, to live and, and, and grow up. When uh, when you, we were talking earlier about junior golf, there was a, a special on you on the Saturday before the PGA Championship. And I remember watching it. It showed you as a junior golfer, and they showed a picture of you and Roy McIlroy. They had video of you playing as a, as a junior. And I almost didn't recognize you because you were bigger. Like, you were a big boy. What did, did you just out like start growing, or did you work on diet? Like, your physique was completely different than what you look like now. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of both. You know, I I was only about five eight or five nine as a freshman in high school. Um, really big. You know, probably about two hundred and fifteen pounds, two hundred twenty pounds. Um, by my junior year, I was six three. So I I just grew. I just grew a lot. Um, in the growth spurt. And then, you know, like, again, I played on the basketball team, so we we're doing a lot of running at the same time. And and so my physique from the time I was a freshman until I was a junior was, I mean, night and day. You know, when you look at my yearbook. 
it's quite funny. Every year I look younger. <laughs> I look the oldest when I was a freshman. I look the youngest when I was a senior in high school. So um, I, I lost quite a bit of weight, and I just got taller and stretched. And, and you know, obviously my physique now is a lot different than, than it was back then, but I was a very good kid. You know, my, my nickname was actually Donut, given to me by my mom, because I love to eat. <laughs> All right. Let me uh... – Tony, let's talk about the U.S. Open coming up, man, and, and your prep for it. Um, where, where have yeah. you been preparing for it? What are some things that you think you're going to need to put a premium on specifically in your game uh, to have a chance? Yeah, I mean, you have. I think you have to drive the golf ball well at, at U.S. Open venues, um, and and that's. I think that's the that's the premium. You got to put the ball in the fairway. You know, most of the time we're dealing with stick rough, uh, you know, firm fairways, firm greens. And the way Pebble Beach is, um, you know, you got it's a, it's a, it's a second shot golf course. So, you know, not only are they going to make it tough off the tee box, but the greens are so small at Pebble. Um, the misses are very penal. So you've got to be pinpoint with, uh, with, you know, with your approach club. So uh, I've been doing a lot of work with, uh, you know, just exactly that, just getting the game ready. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy Pebble. I think it's, it's such an iconic venue and I, I know they're going to do a great job of setting it up. So. I really look forward to, uh, to to the challenges next week. What do you have going on with American Express? Yeah, really cool. We're in the second year of our partnership, and I, I'm extremely proud ambassador uh, of American Express. I've been a card holder myself for for a while now, so to be able to represent a country, uh, a, a company like that is uh, you know extremely cool for me. But I have, they have a card member lounge set up just left of number 11, between 11 and 12. I'll be there on Friday. And basically what it is is for all their card holders who are fans, they have an opportunity to be there, um, hang out, lounge. You know, they have food. They have, uh, you know, radio clips where they can listen in on the broadcast. It's a really cool fan experience. And I think, you know, American Express did a great job of that, of, you know, bringing, you know, to life. Uh, a great experience for the fans and for the card members. So uh, really cool for me to be a part of. Awesome. Great stuff. It was great meeting you up at the PGA Championship. It is National Donut Day, uh, so maybe I can go actually have a donut after your mom's nickname for you. And last thing before we let you go, Brooks Kepka gave me a pair of uh, Jordan 11s. So if you want to throw a pair of uh, Air Max uh, our way, the golf shoes, Raja's still mad he can't get them in size 15. Yeah, hey, Tony, what happened to Nike? Why'd they stop making big golf shoes? What, can we talk to somebody? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. I can't speak on that. I, mine's a custom made, but uh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, good luck at Pebble, brother. Yeah, good luck, man. We'll be rooting for you. Take it easy. Uh-huh. Finishing off the week here with some NBA discussion. What are the chances you think Finau sends his Air Maxes? <laughs> Zero He's sending and none. you no Air Maxes, sir. <laughs> uh, you never. It never hurts to He's ask. He's sending you. What, just put out the light. light who was it that you ran up ass. on in the in the parking lot of the of uh, at Beth Page? Oh, uh, what was it? Was it? Jo- it was Justin Rose's. Justin dude. Rose's caddy was now, carrying a pair of like ten and a half, and I think they were the Air Max, weren't in they? Fairness to Justin, he switched because he used to be Adidas. Yes, he did. He switched recently to Nike. Yes, he did. And you eyeballed those suckers, right? 
and Justin was like in a conversation that he couldn't wait to get out of. Right. And you beelined for the for hey, the. You never uh, know. Like you just never know. So what what's the hurt and just kind of. Asking my man lightly. was not having no, it. No, the caddy like grabbed him. Was yeah. like, "You're not getting any." You're way better at stuff like that than me. I'm, I don't make the ask. I have no shame. You have no. <laughs> That's basically what you're trying to say. Uh, the NBA. So we've had a couple teams make some moves in order to clear up some space. The yeah. Nets uh, make a uh, trade uh, to free up two mm-hmm. max spots. Uh, they traded Allen Crab, 17th pick, 2020, and uh, first to the Hawks. It's not official until July 6th. The trade creates 18 million in extra uh. cap room for the Nets. Who I think they're making a play for Kyrie, obviously. The Knicks have two max slots. They have $73 million in cap space without re-signing any players. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. These teams, is if you're a player, let's say not named Kyrie. Yeah. Are the Nets more attractive because of the young pieces they have there? They've got to be, right? Uh, and they're more stable. Possibly. Yeah, they seem to be more stable. Um, because the Knicks are a disaster. I mean, that's But the-, the Knicks are the Knicks. Like, I don't know what percentage of, of, a, of a boost that gives them because they are the Knicks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's still a thing with today's generation like it was for us. Are you the Nets or the, the Knicks? It was the Knicks. Like, it was a no-brainer, you know? Right. I don't know if that, that that's still in play there. But, yeah, if you were purely looking at it through who gives you the best chance to win, what situation looks more stable, um, what pieces are already in place, it, it'd probably be Brooklyn. Uh Similar conversation with the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, because it's very similar because the Clippers have always been kind of looked down on. You had the Lakers, Showtime Lakers, yep. story franchise, but they've been a disaster as well. Um, they have a max lot. They have the fourth pick plus assets. Their projected cap space after renouncing rights to current players, 32.7 million. The Clippers have two max slots, 57 projected to have a lot of these number, number blah, blah, blah. That's right. Like all I'm seeing. When you look at it, let's say you're Kawhi Leonard and you're considering a move to California. Which one are you considering and, and looking at as more attractive? LeBron overshadowing you. Yeah. End of his career. Disaster This the way this was. Or the Clippers? Uh, LeBron. It's more attractive. I, look, I'm trying to win. If I'm Kawhi and I'm, I'm leaving, I, I want to win. Now, it depends on who the other Max guy. If I had a partner that was going to come to the Clippers with me. Because you drop Kawhi into the Clippers. It doesn't make them win a championship team. Right. It doesn't. They've got a bunch of nice pieces. But they've got uh, two max slots, so you could add somebody. Well, that, that would be the question. Right. Who else is coming? I, LeBron is there already. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think there are not going to be as many pieces in play as people think this year. Right. There aren't. Do I think, think a lot of these guys are going to stay put. I think is a it, lot of them are going to wind up being right where they were. You like Toronto. I'm starting to say, hey, man, Toronto might win this thing. If Kawhi wins it there, does that impact his decision at all? Or is that an isolated event and he's going to do what he wants to do? Because you talk about wanting to win. I think you it just would, won. I, yeah, I think it would impact his decision. And here's, you know, here's what Kawhi's been injured recently. Yeah. You know, Kawhi's not a, 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 a young spring chicken anymore. I, I do think that if you've got a situation that you know you can win in and they can give you a lot more money and another year on that deal, at some point, you know, age, Jimmy Butler, the same thing. you got to start, like, getting what you can get if your situation is good enough to win now. Yep, for sure. All right, enjoy the weekend. Back on Monday. <laughs>